I'm, my name is Ace. I'm Harold. And we're here to talk to you about church. Does it really exist? Does the institutional church that we see today really exist in the sense in a biblical um, aspect? Yeah. And, and um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up on this on the church part is at a point we will also get into the building the building itself so but at this point we'll just start out i guess at uh, finding out why we left the church and uh going into a our own ecclesia yeah and these are things pastors never tell you i I, I'm going to have to rewrite that there because I don't like the way that sounds. But yeah. so, you know, um, as we've grown in our uh, understanding of what a true biblical church is, we look back now and see how deceived we were in thinking that the so-called institutional church that we see today was a real biblical church, that it was from the new testament itself but as we as we will see from our own testimonies that um that we were deceived all those years yeah. yes and we were not bereans we were trusting man and tradition mm -hmm. and not trusting scripture right Tr scripture lays it out um in no place in scripture Really, does it talk of a building that Christ ever went to and uh, every every Sunday and preached or taught? He always went into the synagogues or the temples, and here you have the Jews, and he's preaching to them um, to turn them to the Christianity, show them the truth, and uh, so yeah, he he no place. Yeah, and, and the kickback or the pushback from other people who uh, are in the institution would be, well, they met in houses, and they did go to the temple, and then they broke bread in houses, and they went to houses together. Right. Uh, and they say, well, that's a building. So what's wrong with us going to another building to be together? So the building itself, we would say, is not unbiblical. But it is the whole structure of the institution and what goes on in that specific building that's called a church, mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's where people well, lose lose the understanding of church is mm -hmm. that it has become a place, and it is not the people anymore. Yeah, right. But here again. I don't think personally that when they went into the homes, it's small groups. And being in the small groups, you're in there, you're learning, and you're 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 learning, you're 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 growing in the faith. When you have a man standing up there at the pulpit, where's you're getting very little of anything learning compared to meeting in a small group. And discussing by and and going through the scripture, 
and letting the scripture tell the truth. And you don't have that with him. You can't even ask him a question. Um, I know many times I wanted to ask a question. Well, just meet with him after his uh, after he's through for the day, and he'll meet you for coffee if you want to buy him coffee or lunch, and he will give you his side of what the scripture says. Well, we should be, at that point we should be doing as much as possible, being a Berean, and check it out for ourselves. Yeah, so we're 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 actually talking about two separate a- aspects of it. We're talking you have the building on one hand and then you right. have the man who stands in the pulpit on the other week after week. So these right. are two separate issues with the whole institution. The whole and I see it as the what what's the foundation? The foundation of the institutional church is built on sand. There's yes. no scriptural support there other than the traditions of men have have propped it up for all these years and um so uh, we have to go back and dismantle that whole framework and say okay if the foundation is sand and tradition then anything built upon that has to be sand and tradition means it's it will falter it will fall that's not what Christ said. He said he built his church, his ecclesia, on this rock. It doesn't say anything about sand, right? And and and, and the you know, and we'll get into the difference between church, the word church, and ecclesia in another podcast. We'll get into the uh, actually, I think, is the primary understanding is uh, authority. Where's authority right. come from? Right. Now, when we were um, you know, when we belong to an institutional church, we put ourselves under the authority of the pastor, elders, or whoever was in charge. But we always looked as though there, there, we needed somebody to lead us, to 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 guide us. Right. Um, and and uh, instead of looking at the church or the ecclesia as the body of Christ and Christ is the head, you know, we looked at, we looked to a man in the pulpit. We looked to these things. So what I was going, went from the Southern Baptist church. I started out as an Arminian, but even then I had a lot of questions and then went, went from that to the reformed Baptist or Calvinistic persuasion and fell into real legalism for 20-something years, just the yoke of bondage that that brings upon you um, was too much to bear. And yet there was always in the back of my mind something wrong with this picture. It just doesn't seem biblical. And yet I could not put my finger on it because I, I was looking through the lens and listening to the narrative that I was being taught. So when I went to Scripture, what what I read, in, in I see I had to read into Scripture, because if I was to be able to read out of Scripture the truth, then I I would I would have come out of that a long time ago. But I was reading into it because I was reading with the uh, lenses 
in the understanding that these guys were right, and so it has to be right. I have to fit the scriptures to fit that narrative. Mm-hmm. So I read into scripture what I wanted to, to tell myself. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of a little different here. I, uh, I really didn't become a Christian until I was in my 60s. And uh, I really, at the beginning, didn't, I just went Sunday, went in and got good for the whole week and uh, till next Sunday. And then you and I, we got together at a later date when I came, when I moved here and we started going to the church you guys were going to, why things started coming together for me. And uh, I started learning more about the word and by that getting into the Bible and starting reading verses and cross-referencing verses with verses to understand what was going on and uh, opened my eyes up and I've been pretty much a uh, at this for now really looking someplace in three years that it's really coming together for me and it, uh, but I was having problems when I'd go into church here and sit in the pew and listen to this guy that's standing up there, and it it becomes kind of like a uh, you're watching almost a, a movie in a way. Other than the fact that you have no control over the channel, you have no control over the volume, and it's the same thing. You can't. When you have a question, you can't even ask a question. You can't interrupt him. And it's almost like, why not? This is what we're here for. We're here to learn. And uh, it didn't come about that way. It's, it's, you're interrupting what he's, he is, the direct point of attention. Not, not the people together, but him. Yeah. And something's wrong there. And then started into First Corinthians fourteen twenty six, and it's clearly laid out what Paul had laid out. He mentions no pastor; there is no leader there. It, it's pretty simple, but to hear a pastor try to tell you about Corinthians fourteen twenty six to the end of the chapter. Uh, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, because he interprets it in order to um to uh, you know keep the foundation of his ministry going. Correct. It's because when we started meeting weekly and studying and going through scripture, and we'd go through it, read it, and and we'd discuss it, mm-hmm. and it was when we came to that. First Corinthians 14, it opened our eyes and, and we stepped back and said, okay, if this is how, when Paul says, when you meet together, All right. this is how it's supposed to look. Um, when you step back and you say, look at the institutional church and you say, um, is our meeting, this does it uh, reflect this? And when you look at you say, no, no. you know, and um there became a problem for us when we realized that the scriptural 
uh, foundation of the ecclesia does not reflect the institutional church at all. Right. It reflects more. The institutional church reflects more of a Catholic church. Yes. You know, uh, where you have priests and they, they they pretty much run the show and the people sit in the pews and y- yeah. you look at the Catholic church and you look at the the Protestant church uh, reformed either reform Baptists, it doesn't matter it, you take any of those and they all look the same yeah they all have a hierarchy yeah you have the president which is your pastor and then you go right down well they all they all take authority you're you're just an underling to them yeah and, yeah uh, so yeah it's it's and where where did where did Paul let's let's bring Paul in where did Paul ever go in do his preaching do his teaching and get paid for it he refused that because he knew that took away from the validity of the word and uh so that it it's christ never took money for that we know of i mean if if he took money i would think that it would have been in scripture no place did he take yeah, and that way. but they'll go to passages like um, you know uh, the ox yeah, but, treading out the grain and receive a reward, but to, um, and honor those who you know. Uh, when you look at those scriptures, I, I think when we go through authority, yeah, the whole basis of authority, you're going to see um, how that how that how the Paul could say. He could get paid or receive because right. he was commissioned by Christ, and it's a different. It, it's different than than what um, we have today. Correct, but because of the authority structure and how mm-hmm. it was handled handed down. But that that will be discussed probably our next broadcast. We'll get into the yeah. authority structure and how that all fits in. Yeah. So. It should bring together a better understanding of when Paul's writing, what he's referenced himself being able to receive, and what these so-called pastor elders think that they should receive the same. They they almost equate themselves as the Apostle Paul in that sense. Um, but that's for an- <clears throat> for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when we started going through the scripture and more and more we got into scripture we realized that we had a we had a problem here yes we did have a problem yeah and so what's the next step when you when you read scripture and you truth hits you in the face and you realize wait a minute we can no longer sit under this man traditional way of doing you know the so-called church right. uh, not a true ecclesia mm-hmm. then you have to make a decision and what decision did we make we left the church <clears throat> and I have no regrets in fact it was almost like there was a ton of weight lifted off my shoulders and when we started meeting and doing our our, our ecclesia it was like it really comes to life it, it's so it's so re- 
it's just I don't even know how to express it. it it's just so refreshing compared to having someone that you basically you you have to answer to. There is no one to answer to but Christ, God. He he is the one and only. Not somebody above you. We're not set up in a hierarchy like that. And I think what it did for me is it relieved that yoke of burden that I've been carrying around for all that time, you know, because mm-hmm. um, Christ says my my burden is easy and my yoke is light in the sense that, you know, it, you're not going to have these man-made traditions, right? you know, laid upon you uh, as the Pharisees would put more and more pressure on on the people, the Jewish people, to keep the law, keep the law and add it to it, add it, add yeah. it, add it, made it made it more strict and more strict, even to the point that the Pharisees weren't keeping the law the way they wanted the people. Right. So, uh, you know, <laughs> when when you come, it's almost like, um, you know, being in prison <laughs> and then you're free. Yes. And that's, that, you know, hits it on the head right there. And that's what we were. We were in a yeah. prison of tradition, in a prison of man-made efforts to keep a system going you know now that you bring that up i have to bring this up this is one thing that i i'd sit in the back of the building and uh you know you're looking at the backs of the same head sitting in the same place (laughs) every sunday and it's like then i walk outside and look at over they're parked almost exactly the same as they were last sunday and the sunday before it's just crazy it becomes wrote a routine you yes. know everything it, it, it's just like a cookie cutter you, you can almost yeah. anticipate you know uh, it follows none of first uh, corinthians 14 at all so yeah and and that's because it's um it's because it's, we've been brainwashed yeah to think that this is this is normal this is the way you do things it's it's interesting because if you, uh, if most people were to go and review uh, every week uh, a video um, recording of what goes on in their institution, they would see nothing hardly changes at all. It's the same thing time after time after time, week after week, month after month, year after yeah. year. Nothing changes. Not at all. You come in, you know, you get a schedule of what's going to happen. You stand up and sing. You have prayer time. Yeah. Um, you listen to preaching. Um, you pray. You, you sing again. You, you, you have a prayer. You, you hang around, talk a little bit, and then you're pretty much off having lunch and do whatever you want to do. And then some people come back in the evening and go through the whole ceremony again. And that's that's what they call fellowship. That's what they call church, and and it has nothing. To you forgot one. What? The, one thing is, you know, for those that are really in a bad way, the, some churches have a Wednesday meeting too. Yes. You know, you got to make use of that building that you're paying a bunch of money on for maintenance and things. You know, so why are you going to just let it sit there, and uh, at least not once or twice a week? have another meeting of some sort just in case somebody's fallen the wrong way 
Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you got the you got the building to pay for. You got the maintenance of the building to pay for. You got everything that else goes with the building, the insurance, all that stuff. Then you add on top of that, you have salaries for whoever there, uh, custodians, uh, other ministries going on. Then you have all the medical benefits. You have all retirement benefits. You have all of that stuff. Right. You know, it's just a business. It That's becomes it just a business. And, uh, and then uh, what happens is before you even do that, you have to go to the state and file 5013C yeah. status with the state to become officially a ch- church that they call you a church. Some people say, well, we can't be a church until we have a pastor, or we can't be a church until we're incorporated, or we can't be a church until we have a building. You know, I mean, it's like you well, got to have all these things. Let's go back to the 5013C for a second. I just have one quick question for that. Where is your separation between government and your your church, your faith? Where is the separation? Because it's the government now is dictating to you what you can and cannot do. Not Christ, but the government. So what what are you doing? And people don't know the history. Yeah. In 1953, around that time, LBJ, who was a senator, saw how powerful the church was and saw how powerful the pastors could lead their people to to vote a certain way. Mm -hmm. So what they did is they changed the the, um, nonprofit organization to include churches. But churches have always been the the money given deductible. The only difference now is they gave benefits to the pastors, Let's, the elders, or whoever one want to call them. Housing allowance, you know, the, the, that benefited them more than anything else. Right. But in incorporating like that, they, they were obligated to follow the rules or dictates of the IRS, yep. you know, and there were certain rules laid out. Right. And I hear these days people say, well, I want the benefits of the 5013 but I don't want to follow the law right well, I don't want to follow that they can tell me what I can preach and not preach what what is uh, political and what's moral um, so I'm not going to abide by that right well anybody who says signs an agreement to be get benefits and says I'm not going to hold up my side of that um, is it is not to be trusted so when I hear a man say, yeah, I signed that, you know, um, I really don't know a lot about it, but I signed it, but I, it, that doesn't matter. I'm going to preach what I want to preach. My my question is, is your word good? When you signed it, did you sign it, you know, knowing that later down you were going to, you you know, you were going to lie to the IRS, oh. that you were going to, you were going to continue to oh. do what you wanted to do? And not follow it. What? What? Your words no good then. Okay, let me put this in. Now you've set yourself up as a Pharisee, and yet you have the emperor to answer to, which is your government. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. No, it's absolutely against that. And here, yet you have that every day in this country in our churches. Yeah, not and just this country, but all. Yeah, and the five hundred one three is all about money because it, it it's yeah. not it based on anything but being able to deduct 
So, you know, it's like people, you think people won't give money to to the church unless they can get deduct it from their taxes. Right. That's the incentive to be a 5013. Other than that, it really doesn't do you any good. Yeah. It's it's a sham. It's the whole thing's a sham. Right. From the very beginning to to everything, the structure, everything. It's it, it it's nothing that Christ had set up. It's nothing that Paul talks about. It's not not in scripture anywhere. The whole thing is is man-made traditions and they keep following it and the men keep propagating it for their own gain that's that's right and it's you know they they're they're extorting money from these people they're stealing they're they're thieves yes they are of the worst kind well you know we're to be aware of the wolves coming in and uh they're here they're inside yeah yep i mean the whole warning is you know that they will rise among you yes the false preachers yeah um And we'll get into uh, Diotrephes, you know, and 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 what happened there, and and Third John, and how John had to deal with him, and and so down the road we'll be um, we'll be dealing more with these issues. Um, yeah, we'll touch a little bit more on the difference and uh, that of the basis of preaching and teaching, also, and uh, give a little more base on things that that's uh, help along. Yeah, let me just. Oh, yeah, I just it, it it just to me so, you drive by these big churches and I mean, where does that ever needed? When did they didn't have that back in, in Paul's day? Even they they met in homes, and I think personally for me, you have a home setting and you have maybe eight people, and go through what. Just like what we've been doing, and you learn there, and it's so it it, it it just it's food, it's food for the soul. Yep, it truly is. So some of the topics for the future discussion will be authority in Scripture, who has been given authority, who has the authority to give authority to others. Then we'll deal with pastor, elder, shepherd, teacher. What authority do they have, and from whom did they receive their authority? And then we'll be exposing false pastors, elders, shepherd, teachers, and we will name them with proof. And then we'll talk the difference between church and ecclesia. What does church mean in scripture and what does ecclesia mean in scripture? And what is the difference between teaching and preaching? So those are some of the topics that we'll be discussing in the future in our next podcast. Yeah, and I think I think that, you know, just a word here is uh, I think it's very important to understand Greek um, and, and the meaning and why why the scripture put you know was transferred to Greek and we should get into that yeah we'll point. get into that down yeah. the road okay that's it for today we'll see you next time bye everybody bye.